You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia and each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we are here and where we are going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have Daniel Mateo in the studio, and our Daniel will be presenting his eighth episode under the series Drawing from the Well. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Tabitha. Hi, how are you today? Yeah, going really well. I'm so happy today. I don't really know why. You know, you just sometimes you just wake up in a good mood. Yeah, that's how I feel today. That is good. Uh-huh. Um, and how is your week going so far? Yeah, great. Yeah. Now, I had a great weekend. Um, so, uh, I yeah, shared with you before that, uh, that part of my job here in Tasmania is to coordinate uh, youth ministry for our church. Yeah. And uh, so, over the weekend, we had a youth event. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all of Saturday we uh, we had some great uh, services. We had a, we had a speaker come over, and uh, yeah, beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did uh, uh, an activity around lunchtime. We had some lunch together, and then afterwards we had a competition of decorating cakes. Wow. Yeah, so we uh, yeah we had a bunch of teams decorating different cakes, and then we sort of judged them to see which was the best. That was probably the best uh, <laughs> best part of the day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah a bit of chaos there in the kitchen. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, in the evening we had a bit of a like a scavenger hunt car rally where people had to go and find different photos and, and do different things. And then we came back and looked at them all. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, really good. It yeah. sounds like it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I feel bad to have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we missed you. Yeah. Uh, and did you bake the cakes? Or? Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, they were just the, the cheap sponges and um, and other types of cakes that you uh, you can get from Coles and Woolworths and that sort of thing. So we just okay. we just picked some random types of cakes. Yeah. And then they had to pick out of a hat which type of cake they got, and then they got a bit of time to look at uh, at the sorts of uh, decorating um, ingredients that we had, the icing and and uh, different decorations, and then they had to go away and make a plan of how they were going to tell a story. They, yeah. did, they had to tell a story that had to do with the theme of the of the day uh, through their cake, mm. and uh, and then they, they went away and they had an hour or so to put it together, decorate it, and then we judged. Yeah, mm. it was really good, really good. The best one, I think, was uh, there was a beautiful cross that had been de- decorated. Whoa. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. Yeah. And creative, too. Oh, it was good. All right. Um and just to remind our listeners that you can catch up on our previous episodes that we've done. And Daniel will talk briefly on what he shared last week. And you, if you missed that, you can listen through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. Or, um, yeah, and uh, you can also text us through our show number, which is 0488-880-891. Um, you can send any questions, any comments, and also we'd like to hear your responses to the questions question we are going to ask um so would you like to share what you talked about last week daniel yeah yeah well last week we uh, we're talking about drawing from the well so that's what we're talking about throughout uh, this series but last week we focused on the bible as literature mm-hmm. different types of literature in the world and there's different types of literature in the bible there's poems there is uh songs there's stories there is uh, like bureaucratic literature, like census data and that sort of thing. Mm. Lots and lots of different types of writing and understanding what sort of writing we're reading and what sort of literature we're reading when we're reading the Bible helps us to understand it, helps us to apply it to our lives. So that's what we talked about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what do you have for us today? Well, today, Tabitha, I'd like for us to talk about the Bible as oracle. Mm. An oracle. So 
I guess uh, an oracle is uh, some sort of communication or connection between humanity and the divine. That's sort of what the word has to do with. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Mm, I remember when you mentioned what you're going to um, talk about. (laughs) I looked up the word in the dictionary. I've had it several times, but I just wanted to make sure that um, I got the meaning right. Um, Yeah. And um, tell me what you learned. Oh, <laughs> you've already mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, just that um, divine, um, yeah, that's communication with a divine being or in a divine, some sort of supernatural way or divine mm. way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that, I'm excited about it. Yeah, if, if you'd like to pray for us to start us off, we can get into it. Sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, and um, I pray that even as Daniel is going to present this um, topic, his topic on um, the Bible, reading the Bible as an oracle, um, I pray that um, you may speak through him, and um, that whatever he's going to talk about, that we as listeners will be able to um, be blessed with that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, as we, as we mentioned, we're talking about the Bible as oracle, mm-hmm. and we talked about the fact that an oracle is a means of communication between uh, between humanity and the divine. It seems to me that as long as human beings have suspected that there is something higher than themselves out there, they've mm-hmm. attempted some form of communication with that uh, that higher whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. when we look at, at some of the ancient uh, polytheistic religions, there's always a, a priest or or some sort of uh, a soothsayer who uh, who purports to be able to communicate with uh, with those uh, those higher beings. Even uh, when we look into animistic religions, there's always a a medium or or witch doctor or something like that 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 purports to be able to have contact with the spirit world. Because if we suspect and we think that there is something higher than us out there, it's natural for the human heart to want to reach out for it in some way. Mm. And so um, we look back through human history and there has always been our oracles. The most well-known one, I think, was in at Delphi mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, in ancient Greece. And there was a lady there that uh, was called the Oracle. Mm-hmm. And she would sit above uh, the, the fumes that were emitted from, from a volcano and she would become overcome with with the with the hallucinogenic effects of uh, of those fumes, and then she would give pronouncements. So people would pay a lot of money to come and hear what the oracle at Delphi mm-hmm. had to say. She'd give prophecies. There'd be a priest there that'd write down what she said and interpret it, and then give that give that reading, let's say, to the um, uh, to the people that came along. And there's a lot of famous generals and kings and so forth that sought uh, sought her help. So it's always been something that we've uh, we've tried to do. Even today, we can think about fortune tellers that people like to go to, psychics. Mm. Um, you know, people still check their star signs in the back of uh, newspapers and so forth to mm. try and divine what it is that what's yeah, coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and um, well, they're seeking contact with the divine. You know, that's what it is. Even even though I've I've heard in several places that some of those. Those readings, you know, the, the people that write them just purely make them up. You know, they don't. It's, it's got nothing to do with uh, with a real, mm. uh, I guess, anything real or spiritual. But uh, at least people uh, take them seriously. Um, sometimes the Bible is even used that way, actually. Mm-hmm. And for example, when I was a kid, there was a famous book that came out uh, by Michael Drosnan called The Bible Code. Have you heard of this book? No. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's this guy called Michael Drosnan, and he uh, he wrote this book as a sort of like a, a thriller kind of thing, but it was, it was autobiographical, and it was this story of him traveling, traveling to Israel 
and uh, meeting with his friend who had discovered a type of computer algorithm that took the, the text of the Hebrew Bible mm-hmm. and used it to predict different events um, that were taking place in the world, uh, like the things like the Cuban Missile Crisis and that sort of thing. And supposedly, if you put the the text of the scripture into this algorithm and you typed in different keywords, you know that it would go through and it would find the different ways that. That these uh, that these different words had been arranged in the text, um, and what it was claiming is that the that within the text of the Bible there was predictions of current uh, events, but they were hidden or encoded, and you needed a computer to be able to decode them. Mm. Mm. Well, what what I guess. That was a real. It became a bestseller, actually, the Bible Code, and there was a sequel. And uh, Michael Drosman was on Oprah Winfrey talking about this, and then it became clear that you could put the the text of almost any book uh, mm-hmm. into this same algorithm, and if you put it in keywords, you know, you would find them uh, from different current events. All it did really was to um, was to just arrange the letters uh, in the text in such a way as they reflected the thing that you were searching for. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. So it, uh, it really wasn't any, but, but that was a thing, you know, trying to, to use the Bible as an oracle in that way. I, I actually have a friend who, you know, when she was afraid, maybe that she might've been uh, going to be attacked by evil spirits, you know, she would take out Bibles. She never used to read the Bible funnily enough, but she'd take Bibles out and she'd put them around her house because she wanted to use them as some sort of protective mm. talisman against evil, you know. And so sometimes even we think of uh, when we think of the Bible, it's being used in an oracular way. But I believe that the Bible is an oracle of sorts mm. and uh, rightly used and rightly understood um, that it can facilitate communication between us and God. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we want to get into. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, did you want me to read any scripture passage? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, it, I love Psalm chapter 28, verse 2, you know, because as we come to the religion that you, you read about in scripture, it purports to be an oracular religion. So mm-hmm. the religion of the Bible purports to be um, to be oracular in nature. What I mean by that is that this, it's the fact that God wants to communicate with his people is so central mm-hmm. uh, to that faith. Would you like to read that for, for me, please? Sure. Um, and I'm reading from the King James Version. <laughs> I actually mistook uh, this for New King James, but I'm actually reading from King James Version. I'm here the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Ah, yeah, so David there is praying and he's speaking to God and he says, you hear me when I pray to you. That's what a supplication is when I'm asking God for something. You hear me when I cry to you and I lift my hands towards your holy oracle. Mm. And he's talking there about the Hebrew sanctuary, the, um, uh, the this uh, place of worship that uh, that his people had built for, for um for communication with God. And uh, and so the, the center of biblical religion is the fact that there is a real God that really wants to speak to us. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. And we're going to listen to our first song, Ancient Words by Keith Lancaster and the Acapella Company.
words by Keith Lancaster and the Acapella Company. And you're listening to Tazian Encounters on Faith FM with Daniel Mateo. And uh, Daniel is talking about um, reading the Bible as an oracle. And uh, we have a question for our listeners. Um, can you share with us a time you have sensed um, God has given you a message or some kind of information in a supernatural way? Um, text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to share your responses on air. Um, we also have a free book that we are going to give out. Um, it's called "See with New Eyes," and it's just talking about the true beauty of God's character. And uh, this book um, is by Ty Gibson. We'll give you more information about that later on. Um, so, Daniel, in the previous section, you introduced us to this um, topic of um, using the Bible as an oracle, and you actually gave, it, gave an example of um, what has been mentioned in the Bible, um, just referring to the Bible as an oracle, and um, you gave us a few examples also of like um, how people have um, um, used, like, um, Ad- approached uh, fortune tellers and uh, people who they thought like would have s- had some supernatural powers uh, mm. because like they were faced with some sort of situation where they needed some um, for some help, supernatural help. Um, what do you have for us in this section? Mm. Yeah, well, we we talked about the fact that uh, that in scripture now now um, as a Christian, I I avoid. Any attempts outside of, uh, of of biblical attempts to to contact the spirit world or to contact um, contact the divine, you know, for as far as I'm concerned, like the, the scripture is the, the the one and only means by which um, by which I should be hearing um, the direct revelation of God. Mm. Um, that, but there are times when God speaks to my heart. Uh, in ways that uh, perhaps they're not authoritative, you know, for you. They're more subjective for you. But 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 me, as I walk, as I have a spiritual experience mm-hmm. uh, with God, as I walk with God, that He's going to speak to me in a special way, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, what we learned about in the last section when we read Psalm twenty-eight too is that this oracular activity, this communication between God and people, is really central to Bible religion. In fact, this is what God wants. He wants to communicate with us in a special way. But in in Acts seven thirty-eight. It mm. makes it clear that the Bible claims this oracular status. That this that the Bible actually claims to be the true oracle. Um, that even though there's lots of competing ideas out there, there's lots of uh, places that we can go around the world in the pagan world and and uh, and other religions where where 
there is a claimed communication with the divine mm-hmm. that the Bible claims to be, you know, that it's the ultimate and true oracle. Would you like to read that one for us? Is that okay? Sure. Um, so I'm going to be reading from King James. All the scripture passages will be from King James Version. Um, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Beautiful. Ancient yeah. words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ancient words. Yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, just like the song we just sang. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah well... That is obviously a reference to Moses and being there on Mount Sinai, and we know the story that uh, that Moses ascended that mountain, and he had he had direct communication with God, and mm-hmm. God revealed to him, well, in a very real way, he authored the Ten Commandments. You know, the the Ten Commandments purport to be written with the thing, finger of God, the only uh, part or one of the only parts of Scripture that is directly authored by God Himself by His own hand. So that makes them very special. Uh, there's a couple other places where um, where God is the direct author of something, um, but uh, but this is a, a central part. But not just that he can he commits all of these messages to Moses outside of the Ten Commandments that Moses then writes down. So uh, this is a reference by uh, the author here to um, to that experience, and he calls the scripture and particularly the Ten Commandments, but the scripture the lively oracles. You know that this is a communication between. Uh, between, between between God and between humanity. So the Bible claims this status of, um, of oracle. And so what we learn from that is that we're going to grow and mature in our understanding of the Bible oracles over our lifespan, over the course of our lifespan. And that um, is clear in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Would you like to read that for me, please? Sure. He- Hebrews just chapter 5, yeah, verse 12. Verse 12 yeah. um, mm-hmm. For when... For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Okay, so that seems a little confusing there, but let me go back and and, uh, and unpack it a little bit. There's this idea that because God has revealed himself oracularly, that's a um, little bit of a complicated word to say, but because he has communicated with humanity through the use of writing, well, writing is something that must be must be learned, and you're gonna as you continue to read writing, you're going to deepen in your understanding of it, and so that implies that there is a journey over the course of the lifespan. That it's not just ah oh, God spoke to me and then that's it and that's the end of my experience. It's that God wants to speak to me every day through these writings, and He wants me to deepen in my connection with Him. And actually, the the author of Hebrews is rebuking. Uh, the people he's writing to there saying, you know, you should have been on strong food like a mature believer, but I have to go back and give you the, the milk, you know, the baby food uh, mm. of the oracles of God. And so there is a sense there that he's holding them accountable for not maturing in their understanding and in their connection to God through these oracles. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Um, I think because I read the first time I was um, looking at this scripture, I read it from the New King James Version, and what I understood it was like, you know, you you think that you actually have the some form of understanding, or like you have a really good understanding of something, but then like from this scripture, it's like, no, I'm taking you back, like we're starting from scratch. You know, um, yeah, it's like a baby. You don't introduce meat to a baby. You give them milk first, and then you know, with time as they grow, then you start in weaning them and um, introducing this solid food. So yeah, it's just sort of like you know, um, there's a lot to learn 
um, from the Bible. Well, it, it tells us two things about God. The, the first one is that that God wants a lifelong relationship with us, just like a parent, you know, the guiding and helping a child up through their grow, growth process. So that's the first thing. So that so that this relationship we have with God, this oracular relationship, um, whereas for the majority of humanity, there's a sense in which God doesn't care about us and we have to try and seek in some way to connect with him, mm. you know, either by paying a spirit medium or, you know, um, doing something amazing so that the gods will notice us or whatever the, the oracular activity is what's the word it's our initiative it's our initiative whereas in this situation the, it's god's initiative mm. god is the one that wants to spend time with us and to guide us but then we get to a point where um, he's going to increasingly as we're growing make us accountable for our own growth just like an adult you know just like um you know it's not positive for a parent to to baby and to take care of a, of a child all of their life it gets to a point where you have to say well, sorry, Felicia, you have to wash your own clothes. You know mm. what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and you have to, you know, you have to sort of work and provide for your own needs. And, uh, and that's entirely normal and that's entirely functional for a parent to grow a child to the point where they're mature enough to, to take care of themselves. And, um, and so God, uh, God does that in his relationship with us. And so this is what he's, what's happening here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so uh, as we move on to our uh, next little point, um, we find out that we can become conduits ourselves of biblical oracles to other people. And this is, I think, where the rubber hits the road. And um, I'd just like you to turn to First Peter chapter 4, verse 11. Would that be okay? Yeah. Um, it reads, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is really special. Mm. Um, one of the promises in the Old Testament was that God's people would be priests for him. Now, the, the idea of a priestly class in, the, in, let's say, oracular understanding is really important in the ancient world. It's really important in any ancient religion that there's this priestly class that have this special access to God or to the gods or to the spirits that other people don't have. Whereas when it comes to God's people, they all have access to God. Mm. And as they encounter these oracles in the scripture, as God speaks to them and gives them his messages and they settle into, that, into the community of faith or the heart of the community of faith and the community of faith begins to respond in what they do. Uh, to this God who is calling them and who is speaking to them, that they actually themselves become become the oracles, that we become the living words, that God's word begins to define us in such a way as that it flows through us uh, to others and those people around us, and we become uh, people through whom God can speak to others. Hmm. You know, what a tremendous privilege, right? Yeah. Mm. And so we become priests of God. Mm. You know, and of Christ. Mm. Yeah. And so I love that there. If anyone speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? What it a- is. It is amazing. So you move from uh, being a baby to an adult and then you get this um, rank, you know, special rank. So like this, that continues, continued growth. Well, I'd, I'd argue that um, that as soon as um, any of us make a decision to follow Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, that we begin um, working for God as as priests of his. But you're, you're right, that maturity process, the more that you mature, the better you're going to be at communicating his will to others. Mm. You know, And so it behooves us to continue to grow and to continue to deepen 
And uh, one of the reasons I believe why uh, the Lord called me to to be a pastor, I think, is probably to keep me in a relationship with Him. Mm. You know, <laughs> because sometimes <laughs> sometimes I know my own rebellious heart that I would I would perhaps not. I'll be as faithful as uh, as I ought to be to him. Except that I'm very accountable to a community um, that expects me to be something. Um, so that keeps me close to him sometimes. Yeah. So mm. that accountability is important in a growth process. But um, and that sharing. By the way, that becomes the that becomes the outgrowth. That becomes the fruit. That becomes the evidence that we really have contact with God uh, through His Word. In that He's going to fill us up like a cup. Mm. And as that cup is full of communication with him, it's going to naturally overflow. You know, when you find out something so wonderful about God, like the fact that Jesus loves us so much that he came down to this world to die for us, and we, that truth really settles in our heart and that he wants to be with us forever in heaven, it's going to bubble out of us and we're going to want to share it with others. That's how we become the oracles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah when you mentioned about accountability, um, I always like find, fellow- I really like um, appreciate fellowship. I feel like it uh, plays an important role in my Christian journey. And um, like when I go to church, you know, and uh, then we have, we're talking about sharing about God and all that. Like, you know, I'm just reminded of like what my expect what, what God's expect expectations are of me. And uh, that sort of like helps to um, get me in the right track. And yeah. And um, yeah, I just feel like um, it's, when you know you are accountable for something, it just sort of helps you to keep you on the right track. Um, yeah, just to remind our listeners um, to share with us a time they sensed God's um, speaking to them through a divine way. Or uh, yeah, did you have you had any of that experience? Oh, there's many times when God spoke to me. I'm going to share a story at the end of the program, particularly um, that I've felt that God's speaking to me. But I have to say, in a, in a special way, every time I preach, you know, when um, when I pray and say, Lord, I've I've got to, you know, preach at a church this weekend, and what is it that you'd like me to say? And I pray, and I open God's Word, and I begin to study and read, and all of a sudden, uh, something settles in my heart, this is what I want you to share. And mm. I, um, when I have that sense, I, I believe that, uh, I don't believe that God is speaking through me in a direct way, in the sense that everything I say is directly from God. I'm not that... I'm not that, um, what's the word, uh, you know, self-indulgent. But I do believe that God has convicted me that this is, this is what I want you to, want you to communicate. And, and so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And uh, I encourage our listeners, let us know if you've ever sensed God speaking to you in a form of supernatural or divine way. Um, text us on 488 and I believe wherever there is that sort of initiative or like that divine communication, there's some sense of belonging. And our next song is I Belong by Catherine Scott. Yeah. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was I Belong by Catherine Scott, sorry. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And um, Daniel is presenting his uh, this topic on the Bible as Oracle and a series uh, on drawing from the well. Um, and uh, in the previous section, I asked our listeners to share if they've had an experience when they felt like God was speaking to them in a supernatural way or God um, shared some information with them in a divine way. If you felt like um, this, what, this is God speaking to me, you know, if you've been in that situation, just let us know. Um, share with us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, Daniel, in the previous section, you talked about, um, you know, having that priestly sort of rank, like um, growing in that journey or like the relationship with God to a point where you just um, like a priest um, sharing God's message with other people and experiencing his glory and wanting to share it with others because, you know, it is so much and like it overflows and you feel like, oh, yeah, I should actually share with other people. And you also also mentioned about being accountable, um, you know, in your role um, that you have. You feel like you have to be accountable, and that sort of keeps you on track with your relationship with God. Um, do you have anything else to share on accountability? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, accountability is so important, isn't it? It prevents us from being able to make mistakes um, and sometimes. Well, sorry, it doesn't prevent us from being able to make all mistakes, but it, it can keep us in, um, from making mistakes. And one of the roles of Oracle is not just to give us good news and make us feel good and make us feel happy, but to prevent us from going down a wrong track. That's the reason why people, why those kings and other people paid big money to the Oracle at Delphi. They wanted to know, should I go to war? It, you know, if I, if I go to war and I risk all of my soldiers' lives, I risk all of this money, I risk my land, I go to war and I don't win, then I've, I've lost something and I've, I've taken the wrong track. And so with the, that's why they took that that uh, that pagan oracle so seriously. And so along with that, it's important for us as the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through his, through God's word and as we become conduits uh, to other people, uh, that we don't shy away sometimes from the serious the, the serious business of, of holding our, our loved ones accountable and our friends and, and other believers. And I don't believe in being harsh or judgmental at all, but I don't uh, but sometimes we think that it's judgmental and harsh if we just say that we don't agree with something that someone's doing. But I think that if you love somebody and if you've, you know, got beside them, if you've got a good relationship with them and they say, hey, you know, I know that uh, I've been married for five years, but uh, I think that I should pursue this affair with uh, with somebody else and I, that's something that I think is a good decision. I don't think it's... I don't think that it's a, that it's a good thing to do to say, yeah, that's a great idea. You should definitely do that. You know, you should put your arm around them and say, look, I love you, but you know, this is going to hurt. You know, this is not the right decision to make. Mm. And uh, and there's other ways that that you might be able to solve some of the problems in your life without pursuing this track because it's going to uh, to destroy everything that you care about. So, I think that it's important for us if the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us and through us for God's word to sometimes to be honest and and uh, and that can be a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Have we got uh, some listeners texting in today? Yeah, we've actually had Francine um, share something with us. And it's Francine is saying, I'm not the best speaker, but I have a bit of a knack for writing. God sometimes wakes me up at 3 um, a.m. with words to write. Sometimes it's a time where he speaks to me personally, 
but there have also been times when the writings were meant for someone. I can't sleep again until I've written that, what needs to be written. Once the job's done, I go back to sleep straight away. Um, there's, and he also, Francine has also said, um, there's a certain feel to it that I've learned to get to know intimately. The words also just flow. I don't have to think about them. Ah, wow. Yeah, wonderful. That's deep. Yeah, that's a real real spiritual gift there. And, yeah. you know, I, I identify with being woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning with uh, with a message for someone or because somebody needed me and, mm. you know, I'd either jump online or, or have a look or whatever and, and there'd be someone there and I'd make contact with them and for some reason that was a divine appointment. I've experienced uh, that. that yeah. that's, that's wonderful, Francine. You know, continue yeah. to... to you know, be obedient to that voice. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you, I believe it's, I'm not sure if it's he or she. Uh, I'm not sure if Francine is a male. Fra- Francine's a female name. Female. Yeah. 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 So the fact that she's able to go back to sleep straight away. So you're like, your job is done here. That is just, um, yeah, such a deep connection. Um, thank you for sharing with us. And we encourage our list, um, the other listeners to also share if they've ever had such an experience, like you feel like God is speaking to you in a divine way. Text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Yeah, well, we're talking about scripture, and uh, and I think it's important that uh, that that we think about like things that Francine raised and stuff. But at the end of the day, scripture becomes the objective test of that because there's times when maybe God might be moving on us, or or we just think He is, and and we go and say something to someone, and we might say it in the wrong way, or we might communicate it in the wrong way. And so at the end of the day, the final um, authority for for what we believe is always God's word. And if I get some feeling in my heart like I have to go and maybe rebuke somebody like maybe I don't like what you're wearing Tabitha and I want to have a go at you you know I don't know I wouldn't do that but you know you know what I mean but mm-hmm. I have to go back and say you know is is what I'm saying here in harmony with with what God's word teaches and yeah and that's that becomes the test yeah then of the day you're only accountable to God because mm-hmm. he created you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> And so that's the that's the great thing about the Bible is it's actually been preserved. It claims to have been preserved for an oracular purpose. And some evidence for that we find in um, in Romans chapter three, verse one to two. That would you like to read that for me, please? Yeah. Sure. Um, what advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Okay. So there's some references there to uh, to the Jewish culture. And uh, and that reference to circumcision and stuff, which is off, obviously a religious practice uh, of uh, of Hebrew people, and the author of Romans there, who was Paul, uh, is saying that that culture, that um, that community of faith, has been was entrusted with handing down the oracles of God, which was the Scripture. Obviously, we know that uh, they were, that they were involved in, in in handing over the what we now understand as being the Old Testament. And even the majority of the writers of the New Testament were were Jews also, mm. and so that's a group of people that have communicated to us, have been able to hand on the oracles of God, and committed um, they, they've been able to commit them to us. So that the the Bible purports to be uh, uh, preserved for an oracular purpose. You know the final authority. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, just as we get into, um, I guess our next section, I'd argue that. Uh, the start of biblical oracular activity is not our need for God. Although, as Augustine of Hippo once wrote, you've created us for yourself and the restless heart will wander till it finds rest in you. We've got a God-shaped hole inside our hearts that's longing for something higher and more. And we seek 
oracular contact with the divine. The start of oracular activity in the Bible is not our needs. It begins with God's love for us. Mm. That it starts with his initiative. Would you like to read Jeremiah 31 3 for us? Sure. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yeah, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Beautiful. Everlasting. That word everlasting in scripture is often used to return to, uh, to refer to God himself. For example, in the Psalms, it says continually, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. No beginning, no end. You know, uh, the fact that God had planned us for eternity, uh, past, long before he created the world, long before he created the universe, long before you were thought of, he knew you, he loved you, he had a plan for your life. And uh, and it's because of that love that we can have a have contact through with him through these oracles that are given to us in scripture because of his initiative in loving us with such an overwhelming, everlasting love. Yeah. Wow. How beautiful. Um, before we listen to our next song, uh, I promise to give you some information about our free book offer, which is See With you, New Eyes, and it's just talking about true beauty of God's character, and um, it's by Ty Gibson. To see most things, one's eyes need to be open, but not so with God. If you open your eyes too wide or look too closely, you're likely to miss him while thinking you have seen him. Most of us make this very mistake. We look at people expecting to see God. We look at religions. We even look in the mirror. Inevitably, we are disappointed because we have hoped for a nicer picture of the divine one. Um, countless people have turned away from God because they thought they see him in a person or a church. And quite frankly, they didn't like what they saw. Um, that's a very beautiful book. And we only have three copies to give away today. And I'll give you the code after the break. King of Love uh, by I Am They coming up. Thank you. 
That was um, King of Love by I Am They. Yes, that is um, the name of the uh, band that have sang that song. Um, they're called I Am They, and um, they sang King of Love, a very beautiful song. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Mateo, and uh, Daniel has been to- talking about um, reading the Bible as an oracle. And um, before the break, I promised to give you the code to claim today's book, free book offer, which is a book, um, See With Your New Eyes by Ty Gibson. And this book is talking about the true beauty of God's character. The code is DRAW8, D-R-A-W-8, text DRAW8 to 488 and uh, we'll be able to send the book to you. And just to remind us, we only have three copies to give away, unfortunately. Um, and this is a very beautiful book, so we'll give them to the first three people to text in. Um, so, Daniel, in the previous section, you mentioned about, um, we read a scriptural passage about some of Jews' um, traditions, like circumcision, um, that were passed on to younger generations through oracles, um, which is the Bible. And you also mentioned a very significant point that um, God communicates or seeks to communicate with us because of his love for us. Um, and that is very comforting to know. Uh, what do you have for us in this section as we finish off? Mm. Well, when we look at the history of well, what we might call oracular activity in humanity, if we look at... Um, Mediums, let's say, that purport to become possessed by spirits and then speak on their behalf. When we look at psychics, when we look at astrologers, when we look at 
um, all sorts of religions that that where they might have a priestly class that claims to have communication with the divine. Always, it's transactional. Always, and what I mean by that is that it costs you something, because in the ultimate conception, the gods, the ancestors, the spirit world, don't have an they they don't work for free. Uh, they have a vested interest in in getting something, and you need to get their attention in order to get something off them. And uh, you need to get their attention first of all, and secondly, you need to give them something. It might involve money uh, that you have to give to a practitioner, like a witch doctor or a soothsayer or a psychic or a medium. You have to pay them in some way. It might involve a sacrifice sometimes, whether it be an animal or sometimes even a child. When we look at some of the ancient religions, or or you know another human being. Uh, interestingly enough, you know Thor uh, was a was an ancient god uh, in the Norse tradition that that required human sacrifice. Um, all of it is transactional. All of it required something. Whereas the basis for the oracular activity in biblical religion, in, um, in what you know Christianity and Judaism, is actually a personal relationship with a living God, not money and not sacrifice. Now, um, gifts and sacrifice. Are always well, we're always part of worship, you know, and generosity is still today a part of Christian worship. But we don't pay God in order to receive salvation. We mm. don't do good things in order to get God to notice us. We don't put money in the offering at church in order to somehow earn or buy our way into a higher standing with the divine. That is not the oracular activity. In fact, um, when that when when one particular soothsayer tried to do that with Peter. Uh, in the book of Acts, you know, he he came to uh, uh, to Peter and said, "Oh, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's some money. Give me the gift of the Holy Spirit so that I can do what you do." And Peter said, "Your money perish with you. <laughs> God doesn't need your money, right?" And um, and the reason why we give and we're generous is not to get God's attention. He's already focused on us. He's already done everything. You know, he's he's showed us that he loves us through the the gift of his Son. The reason why we are generous is because we love Him. You know the reason why we do things that uh, for the community. The reason why we do, uh, let's say, good deeds. You might say in parentheses or inverted commas, is because we love him and because he's done so much for us. It's not to get his attention and it's not to try and get something out of him. It's because of a love relationship, and so central to the oracular activity of God and of of the Bible is a real and living relationship with a living God. Not money or sacrifice. Do you want to read Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, verse eleven to thirteen? That'd be okay. I think everyone knows at least verse eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the, says said the Lord, um, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So God's got plans for us. You know, he created us for a real purpose. And this is really true that before anyone had an opinion about us, God had a purpose for our lives. And, uh, and they're good. it's a good purpose. And, and he actually wants a relationship with us. He desires us to speak to him. And then when, when, when we speak, he's going to listen and we're going to find him when we seek him. You know, this is the promise that he wants to be found by us. He wants to encounter us, and it's the reason why he's communicated us through, with us through the Bible. So in summary, what we talked about today is that uh, um, in the Scripture, oracular activity is central to, uh, to biblical religion. 
uh, that the Bible claims to be an oracle, uh, that we grow and mature in our understanding of Bible oracles over the over the course of our lives through a relationship with Him. We can become conduits of uh, of those biblical oracles to other people. Uh, we can be accountable uh, through uh, the fact that the Bible's been preserved uh, for a oracular purpose in our lives and that uh, we do that because God loves us and because he wants a relationship with us. So uh, just in closing, I want to tell you a story of, I guess, the first time that I realized that God really wanted to talk to me. Now, uh, when I was about 15 or 16, I've I've told you this before, I made a decision to uh, go along to a little church, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I started getting serious about, about some of those things I was learning. And I was reading the Bible, and it became very clear to me that I was a big sinner, and God was a big saviour that really loved me. And there were some things in my life that I was struggling with in particular. And I remember praying and saying, God, I'm doing this. It's hurting me. It's hurting other people. And I just can't seem to stop doing it. You know, and what's wrong with me? Lord, every time I did it, I felt so guilty and I felt so so much self-hatred and self-flagellation. And I was saying, God, God, please, you know, just show me that you care. Just show me that you forgive me. And at that moment, I looked up at my window and the um, the window panes on my window, I'd never noticed it before in my whole life, and I'd been living in that house probably for years and years. And I looked up, and my window panes were in a cross shape. And just at that moment, the sun opened up before, um, um, behind the clouds and shone uh, through my window. Mm. And because my blind was down, it just made the perfect impression on the blind of a cross, and I just felt God's love washing through me. And in that moment, I knew that what he was saying, and that is that I accept you, I forgive you, get up, Keep moving forward. I'm going to help you through this. You know, mm. yeah. So it's wow. a wonderful thing. It is, yeah. That was a divine, another divine experience. Mm. <laughs> um, thank you for that wonderful sharing, and I hope our listeners have been blessed with your message. Um, so next week, um, Daniel will be talking about the Bible as meditation. Um, join us next week to hear more of what he has to share. And um, tomorrow, David Maxwell will be talking about gentleness. And um, yeah, Jason will be hosting um, David's program. Um, just remind our listeners, um, the code to receive today's free book offer is DRAW8. Text DRAW8 to 0488-880891 and we'll be able to send this book called See With Your New Eyes by Ty Gibson to you. Um, thank you for joining us today and wherever you are. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Uh, we're going out with this song, All Love That Will Not Let Me Go By, Indelible Grace. Mm-hmm.